So I want you to go to, um, let's go to Jeremiah 3.15. I want to say this before we get even all the way into this. Y'all can turn me down just a little bit more if y'all don't mind. I think they can hear me pretty good. Um, and then I'm hearing somebody else's media too. Y'all can turn that down. But before we get into this, I want to be very direct. I'm usually pretty direct. My personality is direct. Uh, some people try to read between the lines of what I'm saying. I'm one of them kind of person, you don't have to read between no lines. Somebody say amen. I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm saying. I really don't make innuendos. I don't give hints well. Somebody say amen. Now, some people do that. Some people be around the bush, you know, and it's different personalities. But me, I'm pretty straight. Jasmine, if I want to say something, I usually say it, don't I? Amen. So, like, if, you know, if I want to tell Rashid, hey, something is wrong in security, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say, hey, Rashid, something's wrong with security. Somebody say amen. amen. That's just me. That's how I am. Other people are different. Amen. But I'm pretty direct because I don't ever like to be misunderstood. I like for people to be able to understand, comprehend what I'm saying. Even in that, sometimes I get misunderstood, and that's okay. But I try to be as direct as I can. So the first direct statement that I want to make to you today in regards to how to pick a good pastor is number one, every person needs a pastor. Now, everybody don't believe that in here. I'm sure. I'm sure you don't. Um, let's talk about some things you need. Okay. So in Houston, Houston's pretty big, yes? Let's talk about the things you need. To get around in Houston fairly well, would you probably mostly need a car or some motor transport? Let me see your hand. How many of y'all know you need a car in Houston? All right, okay. So um, let's talk about some other needs. You know, Maslow's hierarchy of need, all right? So, um, you know, unless, unless, I mean, and then after a while, I mean, you can fast 40 days while you want to, but how many of y'all know eventually, eventually, even after we leave here today, even after we leave here today, and some of you are a little grumbly and you're tumbling right now, that you're going to need some food. Somebody say amen. amen. Eventually you're going to need some food. And how many of y'all know you're going to need water or some kind of hydration even before you need food? Let me see your hand. All right. And after a while, if you're eating food and drink water, and just, just in a few little bit, you're going to need to probably go to the restroom. How many of y'all know what I'm saying? There are things, I'm just trying to establish there are some things that are not optional. Are y'all feeling me today? If you belong to my church and know me, say amen one time. Amen. Okay. All right. So, I want to say this again, and maybe the people I pastor, they might can agree. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to say or do, because this seems like a strange church to me. I was out last week, and I, this don't even feel like my church. But, um, I'm going to say this one more time. Everybody needs a pastor. Yeah. yeah, everybody needs a pastor. And since you need a pastor, let me tell you what God did. He gave every one of you a pastor. 
everybody don't have the same pastor. Somebody say amen. Because pastors uh, govern the local church, and that's local. And everybody, you know, don't need the same pastor. There, there are people from different cultures, different languages, you know. Spanish-speaking people generally like to have a Spanish-speaking pastor, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? White people generally like to have a white pastor. Black people generally like to have a black pastor. Sometimes it's culture. Sometimes it's music. Amen. I mean, you know, I don't mind having a white pastor. I don't want to listen to country gospel music. Somebody say amen. All right. I probably wouldn't go to that church. But there are some people that would love that kind of church. Amen. So there are different, different strokes of different folks. There are different needs. All that kind of stuff and all that. We understand that. We get that. But the Bible says very plainly that, that you need a pastor. And since you need one, he didn't leave it up to you. He gave you one. Somebody say amen. Now you got to discern who is the one that God gave you. But let me, let me just give you some hints. Let's go to Jeremiah 3.15. And it's going to show you a little bit about what God had in mind. Number one, I will give you pastors according to my heart. I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. 315, brother. 315. 315. For I, shall, for I will give you pastors after my own heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. I will give you pastors. So if, if God gives you something, if I give you something, right, if I, and so now I give you a, a, a new purse, right, what is that called? It's called a gift. Now, remember, we've said this many times if you've been out church, the thing which the devil fears the most is the one that he attacks the most. Now, I'm going to tell you that I wouldn't even trust most pastors myself if I lived in this day and time because pastors is off the hook. <laughs> a lot of pastors are off the hook, and we're going to talk about the, the, the seven qualities of a good pastor today, but, but y'all, it's a lot of stuff. And then the media and the news, like, soon as a pastor mess up and be, do something egregious, and y'all, pastors are doing crazy stuff. Y'all, I've been in the ministry since I was 13, I've been around different churches. I've been around different pastors. I've been around big ministries. I've been around some of the people you see on TV. And y'all, pastors are off the hook. A lot of them, a lot of stuff is going on that's wrong. But the God still says that I will give you pastors according to my own heart. So we know that the devil fights pastors. He tempts pastors. He tries to destroy pastors. And sometimes some of those pastors are sucker for it. Sometimes they give in to it. Sometimes they sell their soul for a Tootsie Roll, all that stuff we say. And, and, and they, mess up, they mess up a lot of people. They mess up the church. They mess up members. There are people that I know that will not go back to another church because of something that a pastor did or did not do. I know people that have left Christianity. Say, I don't even believe in Jesus no more because of something that a pastor did. Somebody say amen. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a perfect man, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a God-fearing man. I love God. Somebody say amen. And I fear God. Somebody say amen. But he said, I will give you pastors according to my heart. 
Now, if God said he's going to give you pastors according to his heart, well, guess what the devil does? He gives you pastors according to his heart. Y'all pastor off the hood. Y'all, it's a pastor at my cousin's old church, and I can talk about it because it's my cousin, Eddie Long, Bishop Eddie Long. Y'all, it's a pastor down there now, Jamal Bryant, talking about raising weed and selling weed on the church campus. Tell somebody, that's off the hood. All right, and that's not the pastor that God gave you. He said, I will give you pastors that will grow weed and cannabis on the campus and will feed you with all kind of weed. No, that ain't what he said. He said, uh, uh, same guy. He giving the single women sex toys. Y'all, everybody say, pastors off the hood. My God. We know of a pastor in Dallas that would call the women into his office, and if they had done something wrong, tell them to raise their dress so he could spank them with a paddle. Is this true? Yes. Pastors are off the hook. Maybe we should have called this pastors are off the hook. <laughs> so people are skeptical. And you know who's most skeptical in the church? Men or women. Men! Because men be like, oh, bro, why, you, why we got to go over there? This is some dude. He put on his pants just like me. All he trying to do is scam you out your money. All he trying to do is mess with all the women, all that stuff. But those are not the pastors that God gave. He said, I will give you pastors according to my heart. Those pastors are not according to his heart. We shall feed you, with, with, not spank you on your box. Come on, somebody. Off the hood, which will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Somebody say amen. So everybody needs a pastor. That's why God gives pastors. And we're talking about today how to pick a good one. Somebody say amen. I see women over there in produce all the time looking at the tomatoes, looking at the apples, looking at they picking, they picking good vegetables. Is that true? Right? So we're going to tell you what to look for. What you look for when you be doing that with the fruit? Dark spots. Freshness. Ripeness. Is it soft? Is it got soft spots? Yeah? So there are things that you should look for if you're trying to pick a pastor. Is that okay? But number one, everybody need one, and God has given the church Pastors. And pastors, good pastors, are the gift, are a gift to the body of Christ. Can I show you that again? Because we just talked about it. Let's go over to Ephesians. Can we go to Ephesians? Chapter 4. Are y'all still with me? Come on, let me let me feel like I'm back home in my church. <laughs> All right. Look at verse 8. Wherefore he said, and this is kind of wordy, I'm going to explain to you. When he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts unto men. Now the rest of this is in parentheses, right? Which I can explain, I have explained that another time. But let's skip the parentheses because he said he gave gifts unto men. And look at verse 11. What did he give? He gave some what? Apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, 
some teachers. The gift. Now, there are different kinds of pastors. And many of y'all went to a church where a pastor was elected. How many of y'all went to a church where a pastor was voted in? Elected. Okay. So those are, are lower-end pastors, what we call lay pastors, some of them. Um, they're hirelings. They're career pastors. Some people go to school, uh, you know, the seminary, right, uh, right out of high school. And just like some people go to be an engineer, some people go to be a doctor, some people go to be a lawyer, some people go to college, they go to seminary so that they can be a minister, right, minister, whatever or reverend, or whatever it is, right? And so um, they are elected by a board of deacons usually, and it, that's low level pastoring. Um, mostly it's, it's because that pastor is not going to be able to do much um, um, without the deacons approving it or the board approving it and so forth and so on. So he cannot be the visionary. He can't lead. He can't build when he wants to build. He can't expand when he wants to expand or go on TV when he wants to go on TV or whatever because he's been voted in. And if, you, if you're voted in, what can you be? You can be voted out. And we've seen some pastors that got voted out, right? So that's a low-level pastor. Now, these pastors that uh, the Bible's talking about, he gave some, this is what we call the five-fold governmental uh, ministry in the church. Five-fold governmental Fivefold, all right? So there's five, five governmental positions in the church. I want you to know if you're picking a pastor, I'm not one of those low-level pastors. I didn't get voted in. Somebody say amen. So can't, ain't nobody in here voted me in. Can't nobody vote me out. Now, I'm what some people might call, might, may call an apostle. An apostle is someone who plants a church Pioneers of church, pioneers of ministry when there was nothing. Y'all, this church started with three or four people in somebody's uh, living room. Years ago, we didn't have no money. Definitely had no money by our campus, right? We didn't have a lot of people. We didn't have a lot of commitment, right? We wasn't on YouTube, wasn't on TV, didn't have a radio station, didn't have all the books and stuff we have now. None of that. The Lord gave me a vision to start a church. And we started it. Somebody asked me, Rasheed, when we started church, there's so many churches, why do you need another one? I don't know. God wanted one. Somebody say amen. amen. So an apostle is somebody that they plant ministries, they start ministries, they train ministers. We've trained a lot of ministers. There are a lot of ministers in the city that we've trained. Pastors who are pastoring now. Um, and uh, and, and, and also, we, we're very was apostolic, so we correct, we uproot, we establish the apostle, pastor, okay? And then there's the, uh, so the apostle, according to your hand, they were, we were taught this in school somewhere, the apostle's the thumb, because the apostle touches all, all of the other four, but then there's the prophet, longest finger, I mean, the, the, the forward finger, uh, prophets tell you what's going to happen in the future, right? And there are some, so just like the pastor, right? Man, prophets be off the hook. They be doing all kind of stuff. 
you know, and tapping into witchcraft so they can prophesy and all kinds of, I know so many of them guys and shysters and going through cities, sleeping with all the girls at every church they go to, giving them STDs, pastors, prophets, so many prophets that we see on YouTube and stuff. That's why you can't go watching everything you see on YouTube. Am I in my church? Am I in my church? That's why you cannot go and watch everything on YouTube. Okay. So then there's an evangelist. The evangelist is this other finger. It's the longest finger. Not put, I'm not sticking my middle finger at you. I'm just showing you. It's the longest finger. So it goes the furthest. It goes around the world. Evangelists go around the world. They're missionaries. They go to foreign lands and preach the gospel, right? Evangelists, and they get people saved, bring them in. And then some pastors, okay, pastors are this finger right here, the ring finger. Because the pastor, pastors are married to the church, are married to the members of the local church. Pastors walk people through their stuff. Somebody say amen. There are people here, I knew when they came here, they had just got married, they didn't have no children, they didn't have no money, and then we helped them get, you know, some of them couldn't have children, so we laid hands on them. And they had children, and now we walked them through their births, and another birth, and then they were living in an apartment or somewhere, and then we saw them get a house. Pastor, pastor, stay there. Somebody say amen. amen. Pastors walking through sicknesses and walking through promotions, and my mama died, and the, pa the pastor's there. Somebody say amen. amen. And then as the teacher, teacher is the smallest finger, smallest finger can get on in the cracks of, of, of the word of God, right? So the teacher uh, is, the, is that, that last finger. But it it is a gift. Pastors are a gift. Somebody say, pastors are a gift. Somebody say, pastors are a gift. All right. So how can you pick a pastor? How can you pick a pastor? All right. Acts 20, 28 says to the pastor, to take care, be on guard for yourselves, and the whole flock over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you to shepherd, to tend, to feed, and to guide the church of the Lord of our God, which he obtained himself for himself by binding and saving it for himself with his own blood. So pastors are to guard, watch over the whole flock, protect the flock, to shepherd, to tend, to feed, to guide. Right? And there's another scripture, we don't have time to go there, it says, they watch for your soul. Somebody say Amen. So you need a pastor because you can't necessarily watch for your own soul. So during COVID, you know, people's like, well, I can just watch, watch t church on TV. We are the church and all that. But yeah, a pa you, but uh, that pastor can't interact with you. Somebody say amen. amen. That pastor can't look at your daughter and say, hey, Brother Jones, keep an eye on your daughter. I, I, I see her. I think she's getting ready to go into that, that wrong direction. Somebody say amen. amen. And that pastor can, can, can guide that parent and, and see things that that, that that parent can't see. And then that parent get keyed up on it. Somebody say amen. amen. Everybody say, everybody needs a pastor. Amen. All right. So how can you pick one? Here's the criteria. Number one. If only you could find a man that's the husband of one wife. 
and has his children in check and in the ministry. Let's go to 1 Timothy. Criteria number one. What is his home life like? Criteria number one. Is his home life together? You know what the Bible says? It says specifically. Now, I don't know how some people go to these churches, they read the Bible. It says specifically, if a man cannot handle his own house, how can he then handle the house of God? Am I in my church? It's in the same scripture, too. Listen to this. Now, bishop, superintendent, overseer, uh, can, did, when we was doing the fivefold, did you see the word bishop? You know, they've made bishop a big thing. Y'all, can, can y'all have some knowledge and be the smartest person in the room when somebody starts saying, is your pastor bishop? Yeah, it say yes, because pastor, bishop, shepherd, overseer, it's all the same stuff. You just got a pastor, but I got a bishop. Y'all, they're so stupid. And the Bible doesn't even mention bishop. It says pastors. Somebody say amen. So pastor is higher than bishop. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. But superintendent, overseer, pastor, it doesn't matter, must give no grounds for accusation, must be above reproach. When people walking around talking about, you think I passed a gay? I don't think nobody ever said that about me. Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> like just accusing the pastor. Now y'all, you know, sometimes there are rumors and there can be rumors and false rumors. But y'all, when somebody been saying something for the last five, six, seven years about the same dude, you should probably get a clue. Somebody say amen. No grounds for accusation. Now somebody can accuse me of that they don't have no grounds for it. Somebody say amen but must be above reproach. That means they're so far above accusation, like can't nobody, if somebody come up, people, they laugh at them. Somebody say amen. Above reproach. The husband of one wife. The husband of one wife. The husband of one wife. Now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can tell you some of these You know, as a pastor, that was married to like three or four women in different cities. Now, this either means one or two things. Number one, only married one time. Somebody say amen. But you know, that's grace. People get divorced and all of that. Um, but then the husband of one wife, just one wife. Somebody say amen. No side pieces. Men or women. We got a lot of pub daddy pastors. Somebody say amen. Y'all know about P. Diddy, right? Okay. Hey, they, got, they, they got side women and side men. What, what you doing? Pastors. Okay. I'm going to make it a little more uncomfortable. Pastors in our city. Wait, wait, wait. Some of the most famous pastors in our city. On billboards. Got side men and women. I can call a name, but I don't think that's wise. Some of your friends go to that church. No, the husband of 
One wife. Wonder if you could find somebody that just had one wife. Wonder if you could find a man that all the only woman he want to kiss is his wife. Wonder if you could find a man that he, he, I give my that, that give his wife all kind of trouble because sometimes she don't want to kiss, but she the only one that he can kiss. So so she sometimes come on somebody. Wonder if you could find a man that's in love, so in love with his wife that he only been with one woman for thirty two years. It was his high school sweetheart. What if you can find a pastor who don't pay child support out to nobody because all of his four children got the same last name? Wonder if you can find a pastor who's the husband of one wife, circumspect and temperate, sensible, well-behaved, dignified, and leads an orderly, disciplined life, hospitable, Qualified teacher, keep going. Oh, they slow back there. Let me let me read from up here. Are y'all with me? Y'all staying with me? Stay with me, bro. <laughs> Can you get the next scripture? Do we have another one? We don't have another one. Okay, let's let's go to it in the Bible, y'all. Number two, we'll go back to that one. But it says children in all gravity. Here's the thing. A lot of times pastors, you know, they say pastor kids are the worst kids. How about we debunk that? Somebody say amen. amen. How about your kids don't have to be the worst kids? Amen. How about my two adult girls are still virgins? Amen. How about my 27-year-old son? Stand on up, son. Got married 27, and he was a still a virgin. How about he went to Bible college? How about she went to Bible college? How about she and ORU at Bible college right now? All of them are in the ministry. Come on, somebody. And he going to preach the gospel. Yeah, my beautiful daughters wasn't getting ran through by the boys of the church. And my handsome son wasn't running through the girls of the church. Oh, I wish somebody. Because we raised them not to do that. Come on, somebody. And just got married to his high school sweetheart. He would, he would never admit it. Somebody say amen. Cordy got engaged, didn't even kiss during the courtship and engagement. How many of y'all know honeymoon was all right? I'm embarrassing her now. No, it can be right. Tell somebody, it can be right. There can be a pastor with one wife that got his children right, that raised them right, that handled his home right. Yeah. I told my son, because, you know, he was, he was a teenager, and, you know, girls was coming, they was looking good and stuff. I said, bro, if you hurt one of my girls, I will break your neck. Because they didn't come here for you. Come on, somebody. They came here for Jesus. They came here because they was hurt. And you're not going to take advantage of that. He said, yes, sir, I will not. Somebody say amen. And never did. Come on, somebody. Nobody could accuse him. 
pastor's children, getting everybody pregnant, popping up pregnant every five minutes. Y'all, he don't need to be pastor. He need to get his house in order. And let's tell you how to pick a pastor. Amen. Because if he can't take care, find that scripture, find that scripture. If he can't take care of the household of faith, how can he, if he can't take care of his own household, how can he take care of the church? Y'all, that's the criteria. If you leave here and don't join my church, find a church where a pastor is the husband of one wife and then take a look at his children. His children walking around with three and four tongue rings and and stuff like, what's going on with the children? Somebody say amen. Amen. Is this good? Is this good? All right, tell me when you find it. Number two. A pastor ought to be able to lead somebody in a vision and it actually come to pass. Now, some of y'all, y'all went to churches, been a part of church. How many of y'all have been a part of church that had project this, project that, and it never came to pass? Let me see. <laughs> building funds being raised. They never built the building. They never bought the property. Come on, somebody. Money being raised for a new sound system. A new sound system never came. Come on, somebody. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this project, all of that. So here's that scripture. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how should he take care of the church of God? Now, that's true. So if you pick a pastor, make sure he can do that. Make sure he got some fruit. Somebody say Amen. But then secondly, pastor got to have a vision. Y'all, when we started our church in the laundry house, I had a vision. When we was in that clubhouse, how many of y'all was with us in the clubhouse? Let me see here. Pine Trails Community Building. When we was in the clubhouse, I had a vision. And I kept telling you, didn't I tell y'all? I said, we're not going to be doing this forever. Some of y'all be tired of that, picking up chairs, carrying out speakers. It's raining. We got to carry speakers in. We got to carry them out. We got to fold the chairs up. We got to mop. We have one bathroom, and everybody used that same bathroom. Do you know how dirty that bathroom was going to be? At the end of a service, we had to go in and clean the bathroom. We had to do this and do that. I said, y'all, I got a vision. I got a dream that one day we're going to own our own place. We're going to have our own campus. Somebody say amen. amen. 27,000 feet later, square feet later. Come on, somebody. 4.5 acres later. Three buildings later. Somebody say amen. Where there's no vision, the people perish. And a lot of these older churches, you know, older Baptist churches, we came from Baptist churches and stuff, but all of them, the Methodist churches and stuff, a lot of them are dying out. And they're, they're you know, they're sad. I mean, all the old people dying, and we ain't got no new people, we ain't got no young people. Y'all, the church should die because they don't have no vision. Somebody say amen. amen. If you got vision, you're going to get some young people. Amen. You're going to get some young couples. Somebody say Amen. People want to go where there's vision. Come on, somebody. People want to go where they see something going on. People want to go where they see progress. Somebody say amen. Now, if you've been a member of our church for two years and you've seen some exponential progress, I want you to stand on your feet right now. I I don't understand this. And you've seen some exponential progress, I want you to stand on your feet 
right now and make some noise. Vision, y'all. Somebody say amen. amen. We said we was going to do it and it came to pass. We said we're going to buy a van and it came to pass. We said we were going to start summer camp and it came to pass. We said we was going to have a radio and it came to pass. We said we was going on YouTube and it came to pass. We said we was going to have all of these uh, conferences and they came to pass. We said your income was going to double this year and for many of y'all it came to pass. I don't know. Sit down. That's number two. Number three. <laughs> a pastor, he needs to lead by example. But here's my other twist on this. The Bible says, it's all right, babe. You all right? She all right? It's okay? Listen, the Bible says, you will know the tree by the fruit it bears. Somebody say amen. amen. If you go to a church led by a pastor, what's the fruit of that ministry? Hello? Shouldn't there be some fruit? Number one, he ought to be, by example, a good husband. Somebody say amen. He ought to be, by example, a good husband. Somebody say amen. He got to be, by example, a good father. Is this true? Amen. Amen. He got to be, by example, a good steward of money. Yes? My mom was at a church one time, and after her husband died, the pastor started trying to take advantage. Talking about, um, I need you to be on my, uh, the new car for the pastor committee. He was one of a BMW, but didn't have the credit to get it. Want people to co-sign and stuff. Now, I was a pastor. I say, Mama, I wish you would. You ain't, you ain't bought me no BMW. You better not buy him no BMW. What kind of example is that? Credit toe up from the floor up. And you're a pastor. Somebody say amen. Bad example with, with the finances. Bad example we talk about with the but what kind of what kind of fruit would you produce? Y'all, I, I, I was I, I was on staff at a lot of churches, and I just saw over and over the years, I started thinking stuff like this. I said, y'all, if this is such a Christian church, then at some point, I mean, you know, kids will go off to college and stuff, and it'd be good they go to AM or North Texas or we go to LSU. But I said, at some point, if we're a church, are we all, are we shouldn't we be sending kids to Bible college and Christian universities? I mean, shouldn't everybody don't need to go there, but shouldn't somebody go? And y'all, Dwayne was putting together a video. Y'all, we got, we got people from our church, young people from our church who graduated from MTCC, Morton Conquest Christian College. We got people that, that graduated from Carriage Bible College. We got people that's at ORU right now, Christiana, as well as Stratton. We got people that, uh, that graduated from, from where else? We got ORU, we got Karis, we got MTCC. Oh yeah, and then uh, we got some people that's getting ready to go to KCBC, which is Kenneth Copeland Bible College. Somebody say amen. Oh, I forgot. This is what I was trying to think of. 
Kingdom University, we got people taking them classes. You ought to be able to produce some people that are serious about the, about the Lord. What about, you, you've been to these churches, I know I was, and like, it goes six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. Nobody get baptized. Come on, somebody. We be having baptisms every month because people be getting saved. You go 10 years with no weddings. Wonder what the young people was doing. <laughs> what you think they was doing? They was running around. Come on, somebody. Running through, getting, getting ran through. Somebody say amen. No, nobody getting married. Seems like if you're a good church and you're a good pastor, got some good leadership, seems like some young Christian comes out to be getting married. Seems like virgins ought to be getting married. Between Kingdom Christian Church in, in Charlotte and our church, we've had about 15 weddings over the last two years. Several of them virgins getting married. Somebody say amen. Oh! What's the fruit? Check the fruit. Somebody say amen. Marriages ought to be strengthened. Somebody say amen. amen. And then if you're in the wrong marriage, we ought to help you get out of it and help you get out in good fashion. Somebody say amen. amen. Number four, the preacher needs to preach the word of God with clarity and uncompromised. I don't know where you can find somebody like that, but let's go to 2 Timothy 4 and 2. It says, herald and preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. If only I had a sense of urgency, Randy. When I'm preaching. Somebody say amen. amen. I know some of y'all say I preach too soft. You can't hear me. I'm not loud enough. Somebody say amen. That's what herald means. It's a, it's a preach it loud. That's what herald means. Preach the word and keep your sense of urgency. Stand by and be in hand and be ready. Whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable. Whether they tell you you can have church during COVID or not. Come on somebody. Favor or unfavor. Whether it's convenient or inconvenient. Whether it's welcome or unwelcome. Whether they're sitting there looking at you crazy rolling their eyes or not. You as a preacher of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. And convincing them. Rebuking them. Correcting them. Warning them. Urging them and encouraging them. With being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. If you're here and ever heard a message from me that's brought deliverers that have helped you in your life, I want to see you raise your hand right now. Can you make some noise right now? Hey man, if that preacher is telling you a joke every Sunday and telling you how to be happy every Friday, y'all tickling your ears, how can you go to a church 52 Sundays a year and they never, I mean, on TV they talking about LGBT. Homosexuality never come up in church. 50% of the marriages in the divorce because people be cheating. They never talk about adultery. Come on, somebody. People never talk about smoking weed or nothing like that. Hello? And we go to those churches. Y'all, I'm, 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 I'm wild and I mean, I'm astonished to see how can you preach that many weeks and never hit no hot topics? Y'all remember Wendy Williams? She used to hit six hot topics a day and pastors. I mean, you got to be skillful to preach the Bible in America right now and never hit a hot topic. 
It's always about your haters. It's always about you coming out. It's always about they don't understand you. It's always about you need somebody that will love you for you. You need somebody that will celebrate you. Sometimes you need somebody that will correct you. That's what you need in the pastor. And if you're a woman over here, you married, you got a husband, or you got a boyfriend, you better bring them over here because we're going to help them be a good husband. We're going to help them get off of porn. Come on, somebody. We're going to help them stop cheating. Somebody say, we're going to help them come up financially. And if he ain't popped the question, we're going to put some pressure on you, bro. What you waiting on? Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> Hello. Number five. Oh, I love this point. I'm just going to five because I'm out of time. Number five. A good pastor. Let's go to Mark chapter 16, verse 20. If you're not a member of our church, let me see your hand. You're not a member. You're not a member. You're not a member. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Not a member. I want to ask the non-members and visitors. I want, I want to ask you. How would you know if God is with a person, a pastor? How would you know? Because he can preach good, put the words together good? Does that mean God's with them? No. How would you know if God's with somebody? Because they can sing real good. They hoop it out at the end. And God. You know I can do that? Does that mean the Lord is with them? No. How do you know? What's the standard? Has anybody ever taught you what the standard is? How would you know if God is with a man of God or not? Huh? Let's read it. Mark 16 and 20. And they went forth, talking about the apostles, and preached everywhere. Watch this, guys. The Lord working with them. Here's how you know that the Lord's working with them. Confirming the word that they preach with signs following. That's how you know the Lord is with them. Now I want you to think about all the famous pastors, the TDs, and all, all of them. Do they have any signs, wonders, and miracles, though? Or can they put the words together good? The famous pastors of our city. Now watch this, visitors. Hopefully my church is in here. If you have ever received a miracle, bona fide miracle, at this church, stand on your feet. Bonafide. If you've ever gotten a word of knowledge or a prophecy that came true from me, my, me, the pastor, stand on your feet. Let me see. Okay. Who was here the, the day that the woman that had the gutter on her neck, Alondra's sister, and it was this big sticking out. This was on a Wednesday night. And, and we... we we laid hands on it, and it went down like a balloon. We came in to go down, and they said, how many of y'all was here? Y'all look around. Cecile, come here. How many of y'all were here that Wednesday? This, not here, 
we was at the uh, we was at the clubhouse. When I called out, somebody has been deaf from childhood and they left here. And I laid hands on her and her ear popped open. I didn't even know who it was. Can you still hear in your left ear? here during the conference when uh, in the middle of the conference I looked over at Alex Dwayne's wife and said you're going to have a baby within a year and did not know that she didn't have a fallopian tool and she had lost her ovary but she still had the baby how many wait 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 how many of y'all was here when uh, we were just in praise and worship and I stopped and, 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 and uh, uh, Brianna had had two cesareans already but said she wanted to have the next one. I didn't know it. I said, Brianna, the Lord tells me you want to have the next one uh, V-back natural. Y'all, how many of y'all was here there? And then we said, you're going to have it V-back? And she had it V-back. The baby came so fast that she had it in the parking lot and couldn't even get in the hospital. How many of y'all was here recently on a Sunday when I said that the Lord is saying that somebody got, some, got a lump and that God's going God's gonna to dissolve it and reduce it? That was recent. How many of y'all was here? All right. How many of y'all was here? Now, what you didn't know is that Sister Dorothy went to the doctor right after that. Wasn't that was this true? And he said that the lump is dissolving. Now, I don't know. I don't know what you got in mind, those of y'all who trying to pick a pastor. But if your pastor, all I can do is put some words together. If all I can do, because when I got cancer, come on, somebody. And when I have 13 miscarriages, like Latoya back there, I can't have a baby. He put some words together. I can't help you. You need somebody. I wish I had an organist or something. You need somebody. With your sign, wonders, miracles, and power. Somebody say amen. And all glory to God. All glory to God. Tell somebody, say, God did it. Tell somebody, God did it. But he confirmed the word of a pastor. That's how you know who God's working with. Now, as you go pick your pastor, because I know some of y'all is in the pastor picking season. Why don't you go through these five criteria? I actually got eight of them, but I only gave you five. But I'm going to tell you, this is the most important. Because every once in a while, you're going to need a miracle. How many of y'all was here when, when, when we spoke to her what side of her heart that she was having a problem on? And they was trying to give her a triple bypass. And I told her, you're not going to have to have no triple bypass. And God healed her heart. I don't know. I don't know. 
So, so this, is I, this is my question to all y'all standing up. Why this church ain't packed out? Because you got all of these five criteria. Are you telling somebody? How many of y'all was here the Sunday at the old church, the Sunday that I called Alex's mama up and said, you're going to be healed from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. And bro, bro, visit. She had been on dialysis for eight years. Amen. On dialysis for eight years. And the same week I laid hands on her, she got brand new kidneys. Somebody say amen. She not on dialysis. Ain't on dialysis anymore. Not on dialysis. Boy, this is a tough crowd. This is a tough crowd. This is a tough crowd. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I can, I can call out some more.